0: So again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with
1: justice. But tie, guys. What you just heard was Nancy Pelosi seeming to imply that George Floyd chose to sacrifice himself for justice, quote-unquote, the great goddess of blind impartiality that is supposed to rule over our legal system. Now, if we want to be generous here, I think what Pelosi probably meant uh, by Floyd's, quote-unquote, sacrifice or untimely death was that it was not in vain that it served a larger purpose, that he deserves a retroactive martyrdom, I suppose. But here's the thing, as ridiculous as it sounds on the face of it, and as much as Nance is going to get dragged for it, the truth is most liberals in this country share that sentiment, even if they wouldn't articulate it in that way. We have seen George Floyd over the last year turned into a kind of modern folk saint. There were even people being baptized at the site of George Floyd's death. I think to many ancient civilizations, America's police-murder-riot cycle would look very much like some kind of ritual human sacrifice. Similarly, following Chauvin's conviction, I saw many people on both the left and right, actually, on social media describing Chauvin as a sacrificial lamb, someone who's being convicted as a form of appeasement to prevent further social unrest. The point that I want to make here is that as much as we like to imagine ourselves as a quote-unquote modern (laughs) civilization, far beyond the savagery of the past, the language and pomp of ritual human sacrifice never seems to be far from us. The repeated calls throughout quarantine to keep the economy open even if it meant killing the elderly and vulnerable, because the death and destruction of the many caused from a potential economic depression, would greatly outweigh the deaths of a few. In a word, sacrifice your grandma to the line. And the thing is, listener, whether we want to admit it or not, the anti-lockdown people had and have a point. We know that our economy is not something we can just turn off when we would like to. We all implicitly know that. We live in a hungry, hungry hippo. And it is one that demands more than just nice, clean, rational labor and value exchanges. It can and does often demand blood. And while we might rightfully want a more humane and sane economic system, the will to waste, burn, destroy and sacrifice seems to pervade all human societies and ironically, especially in history's many utopian experiments. When I first had the idea for this episode, I messaged my guest and told him that I wanted to do a Bataille guy shtick, where we both pretended to be New Jersey plumbers who were also inexplicably really into the philosophy of George Bataille. Later, when I was sober, I realized that probably wouldn't be enough to fill an hour. But I will say this, listener. If you hunger to be initiated into the dark and spooky corners of the economy, beyond the rational and utilitarian concerns of so-called civilization, then you too might be a Batai Hello, hello, and welcome back to Schizotopia, the official podcast of Schizotopia.net. As always, I'm your host, Maxwell Cody, and joining me once again...
0: It's me. <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Take two, and joining me once again, and joining me once again to be sacrificed to some shitty Black Sun meme, I guess, is the one and only Dorian zebel aka Dank Deleuze. How are you doing, Dorian? It's
0: me. I'm back. I'm back. I'm doing all right. I, uh, you know, I've, I've spent... Most of the last week, trying to uh, trying to gather up all these 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 people that I that I've uh, I've I've started a little club with, and uh, I'm trying to get them to kill me. Um, in fact, it's it's weird because they've everyone has volunteered. Just everyone is okay with with uh, being killed, but but no one is willing to pick up the knife. So we're running into a real impasse here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've heard the once... story before.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like it's something that just happens uh, sometimes, but uh, once we get that sorted out, I think things are going to be pretty cool. They're going to be imminent.
1: You know? we, we all have, we all have that human sacrifice party where everybody wants to be the sacrifice and nobody wants to be the sacrificer.
0: Well, you, you know, it's, uh, it's like what the, uh, the, the French say, right? The, the little death. And it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's really selfish of people to always want to be the person that dies first. You know, you get, you got to let your partner die first.
1: Sometimes I see, you know what though, is that, how is it? You have all these big, fancy, sophisticated, uh, uh, French intellectuals and they're all getting together and they're going to be like, we're going to, we're going to sacrifice ourselves or we're going to find human sacrifice. And yet, despite being, um, despite supposedly being such brilliant people, none of them figured out the heaven's gate system of collective human sacrifice.
0: Right. No, you know, that's, that's really good point because if you, uh, if everyone puts into this uh, this vat of uh, of Kool Aid or something of the sort, right, and then everyone partakes in it, then really everyone has killed everyone. Yeah. So, he, he, because one one of the things that's important for batay, which I, I guess is what we should be talking about today. I don't know. Let, oh, let's, maybe let's maybe we, yeah, maybe
1: you should maybe you should clarify that what you're actually <laughs> talking about. We are not, you know what, I will get actual hate mail saying that we're like, um, we're like Satanists sacrificing people. You are actually talking about something that really happened, a, a human I sacrifice am. club that Bataille was in, right?
0: Yep. Asafal, uh, this, uh, this bizarre, literal secret society that uh, George Bataille uh, began uh, in order to, uh, it was, it was uh, a strange anti-fascist uh, movement, but also it, it ultimately had the plan of performing a human sacrifice. Um so a really interesting series of goals really. Um but uh, it's but- very
1: California. It's very California. <laughs> it's like oh yeah we're going to start this like anti-racist anti-fascist group but then it just slowly turns into a death cult. That sounds that's like extremely California. California.
0: Yeah, no you're 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 absolutely right, which is where we both are now. Last time I was out in Illinois. So so really, we're we're starting to make this work. I'm getting closer and closer, and we're going to you know gather up more and more people, and we're going to make this work. <laughs> great, great. Um, but uh, you, you know, just 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 for that uh, that sacrifice point, as we try to figure this whole thing out, how we can really make it make it function, it is important that someone else sacrifices someone or something else. Right? You can't sacrifice yourself in uh, in Bataille's kind of code. There needs to be interaction with someone else in order to really do this. Uh, so it's, uh, it is important when we're trying to figure out this heaven's gate thing, that everyone is poisoning everyone else somehow that you're not just committing suicide, it's but I not, guess, but you're no, also not, on. I
1: guess maybe it's that you're not being properly sacrificed. Like they, maybe it's like a master slave thing where there has to be someone who is the designated, uh, killer or destroyer. There has to be somebody who's actually like consuming you in a way, um, yeah. via sacrifice. And if it's not, if it's not done that way, it's not the same. Cause I know Batai was really into, for obvious reasons, he was really into the Aztecs um, of course. and their, you know, uh, their mythology of having to literally feed the sun with blood. Um, but in the Aztec uh, sacrifice rituals, like it was very cannibalistic. You would like you would wear the the skin of the person who, who you sacrificed. You would the people who were going to be sacrificed would have to like often live as the God for a while. You know, it, these were all very elaborate. And I think like to the Aztecs, the idea of people all getting together for some sort of group suicide sacrifice never would have satisfied them. Somebody's got to be drinking that blood.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a few things going on there because of, of of course, for Bataille, all of this stuff boils down to a type of eroticism, right? Which is not what people usually think of when they think of sacrifice. Uh, uh, But, but ultimately, I guess we can rewind a little bit. Uh, to To cover a little bit of of who Bataille is, and I'll get to my point. But uh, Bataille, he's he's notable for most people because of his erotic work, uh, and not necessarily because it's erotic, but because it's it's frightful and kind of repulsive to people. Things like story of the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, <laughs> more more importantly than his erotic work is is his uh, the theories that he's kind of developed and exploded. Uh, uh, out of his view of eroticism. And you know, a, a, a kind of cruel trick that the universe has played on, on Bataille is that Bataille during his life uh, was not known as the person who wrote Story of the eye. This is this is something that that occurred uh, 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 posthumously, right? or posthumously. And so really, his whole academic life was spent writing these these beautiful, uh, bizarre essays and books, but then after his, his life, he's, uh, he's now most widely known as the guy that wrote the, the book about fucking one another with eyes and pissing on bread, which is uh, maybe appropriate in a certain way, but also very sad, because uh, the thing that I find most notable about Bataille is that he delineates a type of uh, economics that, that functions as a type of post-Marxism or meta-Marxism, right? It's, it's called... General economy, and it escapes from this value form understanding of of utility and and profit margins uh, outside of that constant cycle of of utility and and uh, and alienation, and it focuses on on something that's essentially Hegelian uh, in in a weird way, where there's there's a certain like a hungry mouth waiting or an anus. Uh, in his terms, I guess, in, in kind of the opposite way, as, as in something flows out uh, rather than flowing in. But there's, mm-hmm. there's an outpouring at the end of history or at the end of all systems, which is an absolute expenditure that functions as kind of the motor of economy and of human life. Um, and all of this is to, to roll back to just say that his vision of eroticism uh, in, in connection to the Aztecs. See, I, 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 I remembered where I was. Uh, <laughs> if, if, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> if we draw all this back to the Aztecs, you know, wearing the skin of a, of another and uh, performing these roles. And, and having all of these really complex interactions. I mean, number one, this is just a constant uh, performance of waste, right? It, it is expenditure uh, in its kind of purest form because it's something being spent so that it can be spent, so that it can be spent, so that it can be wasted. Just co- countless resources right. poured into you. Well, if you just if you this could. person dying, yes.
1: If you could, if you could just give, um, you know, for people who aren't, aren't particularly familiar with Bataille, if you could give an example of, you know, how general economy is different than the sort of uh, classical yeah. or liberal economy that, that most people are used to hearing about.
0: Absolutely. So uh, general economy is different primarily in that it, it considers this thing called the accursed share, right? It is this, this portion of everything that must ultimately be wasted. Uh, it needs to be uh, lost to the point that it can't be recuperated. Right, so you can't recycle the the uh, the accursed share, and so rather than having the system where people exploit one another for money, or people engage into these uh, these these contract negotiations or anything of the sort, and all these things ultimately do occur, um, rather than than the the pressing the 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 downward pressure of something like wages and, and profits. the the thing that defines all economic relations is the fact that human beings have innately inside of them a a desperate need to waste. Um, And that's connected to something like eroticism uh, Mm -hmm. and sacrifice in that anything that's done for a uh, non-reproductive or non-productive purpose is something that gets you closer to dying, right? Everything that you expend that doesn't lead to something else is something that leads closer to the end or to something like the accursed share or the real erotic non-reproductive orgasm, uh, which enters into something very Freudian or something like a human sacrifice.
1: Right. So, and I think maybe another way of looking at it is that uh, when we think of economics as a science, quote unquote, uh, right. whether <laughs> in the like classical liberal uh, form of economics or even in the Marxist form we're talking about creating value and use value and, you know, uh, saving and being productive. Um, the economy right. is the, is, is a great engine of production. Um, and, you know, Marx would talk about like the hidden abode of the economy. Like nobody likes to see how the sausage gets made sort of thing. Hmm. Um, there's a, there's a, a violent side to capitalism that we don't like to acknowledge. I think maybe with, um, I think with Bataille, he's looking back into these ancient civilizations and he's saying, well, actually, you know, pre-pre modern economics, it seems like every society sort of innately understood that a big part of the economy, um, a big part of the universe, is waste and the creation of waste, and that's kind of the point, right? It's not the waste yeah. and the and the expenditure and the destruction, the willful and wanton destruction of value, whether through war or through, you know, ritualized forms like like human sacrifice or other types of sacrifice, animal sacrifice, grain sacrifice, that that was the real point. And that we've kind of, uh, we, we've slapped this kind of uh, rationalistic, positivistic type of economic thinking on top of human civilization. And then that's actually kind of illusory. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bataille has a lot of issues with um, our general understanding of something like rationalism or materialism um, in that he still builds something which he refers to as, as base materialism, uh, which is, I would, I would argue, neither of, of the terms being used, base nor really material, um, but it's, it's throwing away a lot of these ideas that, uh, that these rational modes of, uh, of, of living and of understanding the world have all that much to, to, to say about real human existence and that human existence boils down to experience, right? That, that everything boils down to something like seeking agony or ecstasy. Uh, everything leads to uh, pleasure or non-pleasure. And in, in this kind of strange twist, he, he combats with something like utilitarianism as well. One of the important things that you ended up noting was that uh, this this rationalistic view of economy and of living is in some way illusory. And Bataille ultimately agrees with that, noting that, uh, especially in uh, his book, Theory of Religion, that as we've shifted from crawling to standing, and as we've shifted away from being animals that function like water and water where everything kind of exists as a series of objects which just kind of flow together, uh, we've become arbitrary subjects. Uh, we've become me's uh, as, as he puts it. And, and so the real desire that Bataille sees as being the grounding behind all of human activity is an intense need to return to being like water and water or, or imminent with the world. And so all of the expenditures and all of the um, erotic uh, activity and sports and, and war and everything that we commit ourselves to is ultimately a way of assenting to life so that it kind of collapses under its own weight uh, so that we, we live so powerfully that we end up returning to imminence by uh assenting to our own deaths and so everything that we do to live is also something that we do to die
1: and let's talk about the let's talk about the solar anus a little bit um which oh, to yeah. me is kind of like key to understanding bataille normally when you first get into bataille you talk to people about bataille and they hear the term solar anus they get a weird look on their face or they laugh <laughs> or they, like, they think you can't be like this can't seriously be the center of this guy's cosmology but it really is so if, if you could if you could um, if you could analyze the, the listeners a little bit, Dorian. I mean, the, the, the most simple way to put it is just to say that
0: the solar anus is the, the prime location of energetic expenditure, uh, which is to say that everything in the cosmos is, is kind of this ecstatic form of, of giving until nothing can be given anymore. And that the, the kind of locus of all of this and the thing that propels all of this forward motion is something like celerity, right? So the, the sun just gives and gives and gives, but also destroys through that giving uh, and really asks for nothing in return. Uh, however, paradoxically, we have situations like the Aztecs, who of course then decided to expend in return, uh, but it, uh, it can't actually be said that the sun responds. Um, there, there's some, some things that... Uh, baudrillard ends up pointing out that that, they complicate that but uh,
1: um this is what's interesting to me this is something that i always uh struggle with i guess is that he could have easily you know he he could have easily made it the solar phallus right and the sun is just infinitely jacking off on everything and and uh (laughs) making making the earth fertile or something like that or he could have he could have made it the solar womb um you know maybe kind of like at the end of 2001 space odyssey where there's just like a an egg that's being a human a human embryo that's being uh um cooked or hatched or, or, or incubated whatever um and that would have been a much more uh normative much less provocative um image but he goes with solar anus which one i guess because anuses are, are gender neutral every you know everyone has an anus um but two I, I wonder if there's there's something else to it if there's a if there's another reason why and i guess the only one i can think of is that it's because he's so focused on waste right like it, it has to be this this cosmic um center of waste and in that and that creation comes out of waste and not the other way around so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and and that 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 wasting of things that you can never gain a use value out of, right? I mean, I guess if we want to be real uh, shitheads about it, we could say, well, of course, uh you could turn this into fertilizer or something of the sort. But generally speaking, when you think about you know, that which is expelled from the anus, we, you, you don't think of anything that you want to keep around, whereas uh, something like the womb or the phallus can absolutely produce more people for labor or, mm-hmm. or something of the sort, or people to, to, to love in a productive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but also, of course, he doesn't want to be normative. He wants to be transgressive. Uh, right. that's, that's really key for him as well, um, because transgression, again, escapes from this, this realm of utility.
1: Um, you know, I guess anyone who reads Bataille enough, though, becomes a shithead, right? That would actually be probably the best name for a Bataille fan club.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, sh- shithead is actually just one step on the way to becoming ascephalic, right? Or, or headless, uh, which is really his his ideal uh, uh, human state, is, is to be someone who is so engaged with and engorged by experience as to, to almost no longer think but to only experience right and so the i guess the shit eventually does away with the head
1: um they do want to talk about headlessness a little bit uh because sort of the theme of headlessness seems to run so deep in our species for some reason um in both ancient mythology um you have orpheus um who is his his you know he is decapitated and his head continues to prophesize you got john the baptist who's decapitated um, you obviously just have usually, you know, in any number of warrior cultures. I mean, Japan obviously would be an obvious example. Um, I guess Islam would be another one where you know decapitation is the the, the preferred way to off somebody, and it's and it's right. ritualized.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the John the Baptist one is is really interesting because there's there's a very different mode of of thinking behind something like uh like christian science not christian scientists you know that this that 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 cult on its own but but this this kind of christian science that develops out of something like the medieval ages um, where there is this need to accumulate knowledge and to take different forms of thought so that you can build something that is more and more perfect and more and more complex and 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 expansive that moves you towards god kind of like when a when, when Dante is, is speaking um, in, in, you know, the, the Divine Comedy, he's, he's talking about the, the further from God you are, the more it is like hell. The closer to God you get, the, the, the more it becomes like heaven uh, in, mm-hmm. until it literally becomes either. And this is something that's, that's present in a, a lot of, of Christian theology that you can kind of intellectualize things. And by intellectualizing them, you get closer to kind of the head of the universe, right? And so when we have something like John the Baptist whose you know head has been removed, it's not his body that matters. It's it's in fact it is the head. And and these prophesying heads and things of the sort Uh, has something to say about the intellectual capacity uh, or the capacity for speech and communication, which is the exact opposite of what Bataille really wants. He wants to uh, descend into the gutters. He wants to go further from God in order to access God in in a kind of bizarre way. And so by removing that that kind of um, affirmative, rational uh, philosophizing by lopping off the head, we can suddenly fall back into pure experience that can't be articulated in any other way. And so that allows us to fall into the way that the world actually is before we, uh, we, we kind of uh, butcher it into, uh, into meaning.
1: There's, there's a line, actually, that reminds me of and um, uh, Steel. Mishima says that words are just acid that we keep throwing on reality. Right. To tell right. things right. away. So it'll make, it'll make sense to us. And, you know, after a lifetime of being a writer, um, he started to hate words and he wanted to get away, get away from words and he wanted to um, uh, go back to imminence. And, you know, it is interesting that he, uh, you know, committed seppuku and then had his, his partner decapitate him. Right. Um, it, you know, so he, he kind of like, it, it's funny, I guess Mishima ended up living, living the Batai life more than, more than that. <laughs> that, that,
0: that only seems appropriate for Batai to get uh, kind of cocked again. Um, but by, by the way, uh, you know what today is, the day that we're recording. Hmm. This is this is Jacques Lacan's birthday, uh, who who took away many things uh, from Bataille, theoretically, but also his woman. Uh, so this is something what? that uh, that Bataille's used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lacan, Lacan stole
1: Bataille's girlfriend? Is that what you're talking about? Yep. yep. I've never heard this before.
0: And refused to marry her until World War II ended. I don't know if they did marry. I don't think that they did in the end
1: was. It was did, uh, did he say, I won't marry you until World War II is over?
0: Yeah, there was some kind of uh, excuse made in, in, in that kind of... Uh, seems yeah, like a classic yeah.
1: fuckboy move.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, I'm, what I'm is the con if not the, like, the classic fuckboy? The, um, king, of,
1: the king of fuckboys. <laughs> Which, um, if you yeah. wanted the th- theoretical basis of fuckboyism, it would probably be Lacan, con, right?
0: Oh, almost definitely. I mean, when when we talk about the phallus and, and, and the the woman as both being positions that do not in fact exist. And the fact that they're constantly escaping from you as, as a reason to desire them uh, or that they themselves would be desired. I mean, of course, Lacan's going to call you and he's never going to call you back. (laughs)
1: Uh, I guess, I guess. Yeah. All right, guys, if if you're out there, I guess, you know um, what, what line could you take today? I'm sorry. I can't marry you until coronavirus is over. I can't marry you. I can't marry you. I can't marry you until all americans are vaccinated it just wouldn't be right
0: <laughs> oh it's beautiful yeah i mean how, how is the wedding going to work if we have just the even the slightest slightest possibility there's could a
1: point 0.1 chance that some poor innocent would get sick because of us i just couldn't live with that
0: <laughs> i love it i love it go forth that one go will last a lot longer than excuses. world war ii yeah oh yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, geez, oh, where are we? God. So I did want to, I did want to bring things into, um, into modern times. Cause this is what, when I'm thinking about Bataille, actually, when I think about Bataille the most often it's in relationship to the internet, actually,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I always wonder, I'm sure someone, uh, much smarter than me will write a book about it, but it's, it seems like, um, it seems like so much of what Bataille talked about in terms of general economy has been virtualized. Um, we spend so much time, so much expenditure, um, so much energy, so much human energy now just gets dumped into the internet. And it doesn't oh, yeah. even get dumped into the internet. Um, you know, like pa- Patreon and clout chasing aside, which obviously I myself am not above, but um, the amount of energy that gets dumped into the internet for free just for people's own, and you can't even exactly call it entertainment because there's a really bitter side to it. Right. Um, how, how much time and labor is is sacrificed to the internet, quite literally, whether it's uh, video games, which maybe can simulate violence or something like that. Whether it's... NFTs,
0: like, which are literal violence upon like a form <laughs> of art, right?
1: Memes. But at least, hold on, with NFTs, at least that is like, that's still kind of like... Uh, if that does still have some monetary value. Someone could sure. actually be getting involved in NFTs for, um, for monetary reasons. Whereas I guess, I mean like the amount of energy that goes into something like 4chan um, where people want to start shit just to start shit, just trolling in right. general is like, there's rarely like an actual like economic positive incentive for trolling. Um, it's usually just uh, in my opinion, it's, it's to, to create some kind of virtual sacrifice. We're constantly yep. doing virtual human sacrifices. And I think actually last time we talked, I, we talked a little bit about how uh, canceling is sort of a form of human sacrifice, because now if so, <laughs> sure. much, if so much of your personhood is wrapped up in the internet, like destroying someone's internet persona uh, is a kind of, um, it's like a decaffeinated human sacrifice, but it is a kind of human sacrifice. Also, the thing that stands out to me is how much, how many video games now that have become popular that simulate work because right. to me like people it's funny like the the kind of uh moral majority christian moms or or tipper gores of the past were like really afraid of violent video games like i don't know like doom where they're afraid of like uh edgy <laughs> music like eminem or um Marilyn manson or whatever the thing i'm afraid of and i'm like a pro clutcher about is minecraft because right. Minecraft, to me, that's like the end of civilization. <laughs> that's oh, like yeah. the actual beginning of the Matrix. That all these kids spend all this time, and there's no real point to the game other than just, um, other than just labor, other than just menial labor that's been virtualized. For sure. Uh, and I, I, I wonder, would Bataille be like, yeah, this is just the next phase of the general economy, or would he just be, or would he be like? no this isn't real imminence or something like that like virtual imminence is not real imminence it's like a it's a um, a pale substitute of how awesome it would be if we could sacrifice people to
0: the Aztec (laughs) gods again or something yeah i mean i mean that's that's complicated like like anything is here right um one one thing that i there's there's one really famous interview floating around on the internet uh, with Bataille. And of course it's all in French. So you actually have to sit there and watch it. So you can't play M- Minecraft while you, uh, <laughs> uh, while you listen, uh, which by the way, I did prepare for this by playing a lot of Minecraft and my experience of playing that game is absolute non-experience. So it's, maybe it is imminent
1: uh, the minutes, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe
0: so. Um, but one, one of the things that he, he notes in this interview um, is that writing uh, is is kind of the opposite of work uh, which is again ironic if we bring in like Lacan who literally named or or maybe he didn't name it but uh, his his like major works are literally just called works right um, but uh, but that, writing and that kind of create uh, creation is the opposite of work. And so there's this weird paradox that comes into play, but, but of course writing is the, just the virtualization of action in the same way that something like playing a video game is, but a video game of course, is an action that's kind of predetermined for you uh, to some degree. I mean, of course there's all sorts of different sandboxes and stuff like that, but even, even it, it may be a bit different from something like that creativity, maybe Minecraft uh, or something of the sort, and writing are, are similar in the sense that they are the opposite of work. But I think that maybe the thing that separates uh, them is that with something like a video game, there is a kind of predetermined route. Uh, no matter how sandboxy the game is, that the, uh, the way that the game is played will still follow certain rules that someone has produced for you, which, of course, is true to language and everything like that as well, which is one reason that Bataille has an issue with it. But I think that that might be the key to sorting out whether or not this kind of virtual expenditure is something that Bataille would agree with. And I don't know.
1: Well, I know that. um, I don't know. Um, I know that Bajriard wrote a short critique of Bataille called when Bataille attacked the metaphysical principle of economy. Long story short, he does not like Bataille's concept of the gift. He doesn't like this concept of the solar anus, which I think he found to be, I don't know, metaphysical, too, too, a little too metaphysical for his liking or something like that. Um, but it, it seems to me kind of relative to everything we've been talking about, if there was ever a time where you'd be able to synthesize these two guys, it would be in this sort of what I've called like the virtualization of of the general economy, where maybe we like we're we're expending images, we're expending um, uh, sim- simulations, um, uh, and so on and so forth. So maybe if I could just get your your, your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the real central concerns that Baudrillard seems to have uh, in that essay are that he feels that Bataille has not entirely understood or represented uh, what, what mouse, uh, has, has developed or or understood anthropologically, which is, which is centrally, uh, that there's something called a potlatch, which is where, uh, people in a kind of accelerating competition sacrifice more and more literally dumping things into the ocean or burning them, including property or slaves. I guess slaves would be property in this case. Um, all cases, please don't cancel me for calling slaves property. Um, but, uh, but but, but, it's factually correct okay it is factually it is literally what they are Uh, (laughs) but um but that that there's a misunderstanding there and and one of the things that kind of extends from this misunderstanding is is the really the one salient paradox that I feel like Baudrillard points out in in this this essay uh while couching a lot of it in in kind of backhanded compliments. Like I, b- I believe he, he refers to uh, Bataille's metaphysical uh, tendency as being a pro- prodigious spiral, uh, things like that. Um, and of course, Bataille is anything but clear a lot of the time. And and he's certainly not extremely scientific. He's talking about experience, he's talking Uh, about a metaphysics that escapes a lot of this uh, rationality and rationalism. So all of this is to be expected. But the one thing that he really points out is that in the Aztec sacrifice that we kind of began this by talking about um, that the the sun gives and then people are sacrificed to the sun. And so there is actually a productive exchange. Um, But I I, I think that that's projecting um, a lot of expectations onto Bataille. Uh, primarily, that he believes that this ritual magic works, um, and 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 kind of the 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 most primary thing for Bataille, and I think maybe possibly for a lot of these people engaged in things like ritual magic, be that um, uh, transubstantiation, eating the blood and body of Christ, or or sacrificing people on an Aztec altar, is that you don't need to believe it to do it, right? That these things can simply be I- immense kind of ecstatic actions that don't have a deeper rationality, though they do have a story that describes why you do it.
1: I, yeah, I think something that will stand out to people when they read Bataille is that it's not like reading most academic or even other um, uh, theory writing, where it's super dense with technical terms, or it has tons and tons of um, uh, footnotes and, and cited sources and stuff like that. Most of Bataille's work reads like poetry yeah um, and and um, you know you get the impression that this is a guy who's maybe a academic essayist against his will he really wants to be writing um, these wild uh, violent erotic novels but for for some reason he wasn't able to the other thing is is that people do sometimes describe I don't know if I like this or not but I know people describe Bataille as an atheist mystic because you know religion is just the, the quest for lost eminence in, right. in, um, in Bataille's language and you know, he says, "Once I can't remember the exact line, but it's like once, um, once you know, we first picked up a, a rock or a stone and, and used it um, as a weapon. Uh, then the whole world became a, a tool or utility, right. and expenditure and sacrifice is a way to, to return us to that lost eminence. So, you know, you can you can um, you can engage in you can engage in a, a, ecstatic ritual um, for its own sake. You don't really have to believe in anything.
0: Yeah, in in, in fact." When you get to a point of agony and ecstasy uh, in ritual or otherwise, all of the rationalizations for what you're doing absolutely dissipate, right? And so, when you enter into real conflagration in in the the feast or in an orgy or something of the sort, um, your purposes for being there simply become being there. The 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 means are the means. Mm-hmm. There are no ends. Uh, you, which is you, the, the you don't purest have to believe- form of waste.
1: You don't have to believe in Thanksgiving to go eat some turkey,
0: <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Um, but but get, getting more to the the point that you were you're maybe drawing out with the the Baudrillard and Bataille, I mean this this intense virtualization, um, of course, produces a lot of really interesting arguments and and paradoxes when it comes to whether or not this is uh, straying further from imminence or 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 into. Uh, into something new or or getting us closer to peer experience or anything of the sort. But but I I think ultimately Baudrillard and Bataille could, could be best synthesized with one another simply in that virtualization and the production of something like a hyper-reality. Is something that Bataille is already talking about in the production of objects and tools to begin with. That mm-hmm. any kind of virtuality or hyper anything is, is kind of a, um, a frock coat, uh, as, as Bataille kind of puts it in formlessness, uh, onto the world, and that it does nothing to really describe it nor really add to it, but it adds to these kind of distractions. And so I think Bataille and Baudrillard probably. Agree more than, uh, than than it might seem, and, and they're really great philosophers for this time. Um, but then to your 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 atheist mystic uh, bit, it's of course really important, especially when considering this this way that that belief can exist as a non-belief um, or or something more even more ambiguous than that. That Bataille in in the real uh, manifesto for Asifal uh, says we are ferociously religious right um and so this is this is important and 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 to 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 a certain degree determining whether or not someone can be referred to as atheistic is really a pointless uh a pointless delineation it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a game um it's like saying well spinoza was like he wasn't really talking about god when he's talking about god well fuck you it doesn't matter it's this this is all religious and this is all potentially atheistic, but but they're talking about things that are far more complex. These terms don't apply.
1: Right. He's not right. Spinoza. Spinoza was not trying to do some some big brains Dawkins thing.
0: No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Dawkins Spinoza say? is a beautiful meme idea. By the <laughs> way,
1: Dawkins Spinoza is, um, yeah, actually that would be pretty good. You could be like atheist. What you hope for is Spinoza. What <laughs> you get is Dawkins. <laughs>
0: Fantastic! Yes, yep. um, um, you got to make I,
1: that. I guess to make things even more imminent, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, 2021's best invention so far: um, financial terrorism, which we've, which we've <laughs> seen, which we've seen really, I guess, for the first time ever in real life—real um, financial terrorism being carried out by um, people on Reddit. And I kind of feel like this is just a great example, uh, a, a kind of cross section of what we've been talking about, because it's almost like people on the Internet who got bored with virtual expenditure and sacrifice and decided that they wanted to go into, quote unquote, real um, expenditure and sacrifice, except that you know, as we know, Wall Street kind of is fake in a way, right? right. Like right. Um, this, like super advanced, hyper financialized economy that, that um, Wall Street is the center of is itself kind of a fake simulation. Yeah, it's but Minecraft, it's re- but right, but it's real. It's it's the real Minecraft, I guess. Right. It's <laughs> the more real Minecraft or something?
0: It's more real, not more fake.
1: Yeah, or, or more hyper real. I don't know. Words are really <laughs> failing me here, but I think I, I think you get my point, right? I they do. get yeah, bored yeah. they get bored with the virtual economy and they want to they want to fuck up the the real fake economy um, yeah. and so th- this is you know so what we saw was this whole GameStop fiasco and i guess i i just wanted to get your thoughts on that in general um, how it could be maybe a new form of class struggle uh maybe oh, it's sure. a maybe it's a new form of sacrifice because there was a real hysterical glee that everyone the whole four corners of the internet was on board with this for their own for their own reasons but 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 they were all on board with it there was no corner of the political compass that wasn't for this yeah Um, it it was it was one of those rare things i think it's the only thing since epstein that i've seen where everybody was on the same (laughs) on the same team
0: yeah no absolutely and and really i i do i do think that it's one of the more beautiful things that i've seen uh on the internet or maybe just in general like that sounds hyperbolic but uh, but i i really mean that um not necessarily the gathering of everyone together, but just this type of ecstatic, uh, 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 wasting for, for a cause that could just be projected onto it, uh, or otherwise. But one of the, one of my favorite things about this is that I, you know, I, I checked out a few of the the Reddit threads around this because how, how can you not when you're interested in this kind of thing? Right. And of course the rallying cry for this, which someone will clip and then, uh, uh, uh destroy my life over uh is of course we can stay retarded longer than you can stay
1: solvent i can't right? believe you would just brazenly drop the r word like that
0: <laughs> sorry guys it happened it, and and that is such an incredible uh kind of condensation of this kind of batayan thought right where we can do this senseless uh, uh purging and and and, and this extirpation and expiation simply because we want to do it and this will thereby take everything from you as it takes everything from us. And that is why we're doing it is just to eliminate and just to do this thoughtless, horrible, beautiful, wonderful thing. Uh, and then of course, uh, politics of, engages with this and is projected onto it. And some people do have political goals for these these, these things, but, but ultimately it, it, it had more to do with this this ecstatic ritual than anything else and of course just to dig myself into a deeper hole one of the comments that i saw on there that was just just uh, gloriously uh, offensive and, and and kind of uh, continues to bolster um this, this same kind of point was was it was quote whoa dude save some chromosomes for the rest of us had to give you a moment to laugh so that i know you're on my side no but (laughs) i
1: well you know what it just occurred to me i was gonna make a joke about like oh you know um uh we we i was gonna make some kind of joke where like well no i would never sacrifice a retard because we only sacrifice the able-bodied right (laughs) but then it it so you can't so you can't call me ableist but then i realized there will, if you actually had human sacrifice again, there would absolutely be people who would say it's fucked up that they only want to sacrifice the, um, the able-bodied, right? Because like the Aztecs well, would sacrifice the right. do you see, Texas? The... <laughs> Wait, right? what do you see Texas? What do you
0: mean? You would, with with the, the death penalty, with, with capital punishment. Everyone's up in arms over the fact that they would be willing to to ritually sacrifice for the state um, uh, people who are not in fact of, of like sound mind and body. Uh, And people are hysterical about that all the time. And of course it's fucked up, but killing anyone by state means it's fucked up. But This is already a thing, right?
1: Right. How dare Um, we love, we love, we love frying people on the chair, but not if they're um, not, if they're retards, basically, then it's not okay. Yeah. It's bizarre, but, um, but But it kind of echoes but doesn't it echo this kind of you know what human sacrifices were in the old days where it's like the Aztecs would sacrifice the winners of the of the competitions they would be you want to sacrifice you don't bring the blemished lamb to the altar of Yahweh this sort of thing exactly and we like to think we like to think that we don't we don't do we you know we stopped and we the west whatever stopped doing human sacrifice a long time ago but it was like first you know then we, we just moved on to sacrificing heretics that was you know sacrifice people for wrong thing and then now it's like it's been reduced and decaffeinated to canceling people i guess
0: right i i I mean canceling people as well as uh you know the this these variants of of uh, capital punishment and whatnot all of this really goes to point out something that I, i think bataille would agree with which is that we we project compassion onto so many of our like least compassionate uh actions and impulses right and it's just oh well we're, I'm doing this to defend someone or oh you can't you can't kill someone that's mentally disabled when it, in fact that there very well maybe a a, a deeper uh, anthropological thread that we can run through this where it's like well no you, you can sacrifice people but of course you can't sacrifice the blemished lamb right uh, so it, exactly like you were saying but the reason that I bring up that chromosomes comment isn't just because it, it is you know darkly funny. But because there seems to be in that an admission that that there is something to be to be shared and expended in this transgressive form of thoughtlessness, right? Mm-hmm. That that please, I I want to be just as fucking stupid as you are, whether that's meant or not. It is still deeply meant in a certain way, uh, especially in in the context of this. Uh, this we can stay retarded longer than you can stay solvent uh, kind of context of just (laughs) don't think just act sacrifice destroy done and you know i i think that that it's yeah it's extremely battalion it's it's wondrous
1: that was yeah in a way like i get that was the the closest we'll get to to a, a virtual sacrifice of the rich i guess (laughs) now. <laughs> oh, well maybe you know what maybe I, I should be more optimistic maybe i should be more optimistic maybe who knows what what strange and novel forms financial terrorism will take in the future right
0: yeah I, I i don't have uh any real limits to the amount of like uh cruelty for good or bad uh ends uh that human beings are capable of so we can be as stupid and cruel as we want to and sometimes that's a good thing
1: last thing i want to talk about um if we're talking about general economy is um the election of biden <laughs> i can't even get this out without laughing you the can't election.
0: sacrifice the old man
1: the ele- <laughs> oh i i think i can think of i can think of a certain vice president who would pay to differ um i uh, the election of biden that's the thing says i was trying to go the election of biden has renewed a lot of people's hopes for big action on climate change <laughs> That is what I was struggling to say. The election of Biden has renewed a lot of people's hopes for big action on climate joke. change.
0: That is very funny. It
1: yeah. is a fucking joke. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how behind high. Uh, that's a, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> I want to talk a little Ooh, bit about um, uh, but uh, and how like general economy kind of relates to our whatever you want to call it climate discourse. You know, because it's there's now this desire for us to consume without wasting, right? but that's the whole that's like the essence of I guess the whole green movement and that's what I you know uh you know we we both grew up in the 90s like that is what was drilled into you every day as a kid don't be wasteful don't be wasteful don't waste water recycle 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 every time you're not recycling you are literally like clubbing baby seals you know every time you don't (laughs) you 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 commit some kind of climate sin um and I don't I can't imagine but would like any of this stuff very much
0: right right yeah it's 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 a struggle There's that I mean, that's such a, that's such a sh- shit show in so many ways, I, I almost don't know really what what to say about it. But there's, there's may there's maybe something to be said about this idea that if everything needs to produce waste, um, until something is absolutely wasted, when you diminish what you're wasting, uh, to such a degree that you consume without waste, you are then ultimately only consuming that, which is wasted. Right. Does that make sense?
1: I think so. I guess it's like the, uh, the, the quest for zero waste. Like that is like, yeah. the, the, that's like the dream object, I guess, of the whole green movement, the quest for zero waste. And so I, I don't know, you know, in a way it's almost like they want to turn the world into the solar anus maybe right and this is the this is the this is the continuity that i always see a lot as i think like there's a continuity between you know the solar gods of the past and that being kind of the center of most ancient religions cosmologies um, you know, usually the sun is very important in these cosmologies. Um, right. I can't really think of one where, where, where it isn't. And there's, you know, there's Bataille's concept of the solar anus, which we've talked about, of just ends, a, a source of endless um, wasted energy, I suppose, that we're just sort of feeding off of. Um, and then there's this idea of solar power. What if we could power the whole world with, with solar power? And maybe to a lesser extent, wind, but I guess if we're keeping it sun themed, right? There's this kind of continuity between the sun god, the solar anus, and solar power, and this desire to create, uh, to, to literally bring down and have the sun power the entire world. Um, and I don't know exactly how I would put that all together. If you could actually make a sort of like, I don't know, could you make a green batai sort of, sort of way of thinking? I think maybe you can't, right? Unless it's that we all just love the wasteful excess that is solar power, but I don't think that works.
0: Right, right. I mean, there's, there's certainly a way to butcher anyone's thought into agreeing with you. (laughs) Um, which, <laughs> brain, brain origami,
1: yeah, as I like to right. call it. You can always you can always <laughs> do brain origami.
0: But um, yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's difficult because it, on on one hand, the idea of just amplifying celerity uh, and and the expulsions of the solar anus is 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 perhaps something that would be attractive to Batai. Um, but we're we're also functioning off of this maybe a kind of misunderstanding of the way that a lot of these devices work where we're still uh there's still an immense amount of toxicity and waste that 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 that's produced in something like this you may not be burning fossil fuels but you're still digging massive holes into the earth to pull up you know heavy metals and and things like that Mm. lithium mines and and that in in a weird way i mean if we maybe a bad time towards the end to drag in like Reza Nagaristani, but there's there's a certain literal physical movement of trying to make the earth imminent with the sun uh, at, at, at this point where we, we dig all of these things that we need to fuel the planet out of the earth, be they fossil fuels or something like lithium in order to draw them to the surface to make the earth more energetically productive. Um, and in, in a way that's, that, that, that drawing up of everything to expel in a way that is similar to the sun is, is kind of Bataille. Um But Bataille gestures to, I think in eroticism, a, a, a Rimbaud poem uh, where he reter- refers to eternity as being the sea mingled with the sun, right? where, where you, you see one thing reflected in the other as they illusorily or otherwise sink into one another. And, and I think that in, if, if we're going to be optimistic in a battalion kind of sense, where we are still digging up the earth and producing huge amounts of toxic waste and things like this in order to amplify the productive power of the solar anus and the sun god and our sacrifices are mm-hmm. our waterways and the third world, and and everything of the sort, then uh, then perhaps that does work. Um, but I do think that this this hopeful uh, layered misconception that exists on top of a lot of the greening of things, a lot of which I, I'm, I'm very supportive of, but but this this optimistic veneer of 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 renewables that they are explicitly and entirely renewable, that they have no waste or damage performed elsewhere is, of course, something that's that's not true. Um, and I think that the illusion of renewables being renewable is something that Bataille would, in fact, take, take more issue with than the presence of these technologies and the focus on them.
1: I, I think a lot about how... Um there's a lot of like Malthusian fantasies that have both been on the extreme left. If we're talking about like, um, you know, eco terrorists or something like that, right. but now you're seeing kind of, um, uh, uh, be embraced by the extreme right. There's now this eco fascist thing that that's, I guess, going on. Um, and which is funny because to me, you know, growing up always thought of environmentalism as being a decidedly left wing phenomenon. Um, mm. and especially radical uh, environmentalism being even more left wing. Right. But, um, now that there's there's this sort of a uh, uh, right wing ecofascism slash ecoterrorism that's that's presumably gaining some traction, um, I just want to talk a little bit about Malthus and and maybe how people people kind of like to dream about like eco-apocalypse. They like to dream oh, yeah. about uh, uh, you know the collapse of civilization, post-apocalypse the a very popular fantasy. And I guess to me it's like if you live in this big hyper economy that we do, um, it becomes the most ecstatic fantasy, like the highest fantasy, the highest sacrifice that you could offer is the whole civilization.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so the the Malthusian kind of thought and the Bataian thought, I think, differ in in one extremely important regard, which is that. Malthusian thought and being the, the the fantasy of destruction as well as the uh, the response and and uh, repairing of it um, are both based in notions of privation right so we can't feed everyone we can't house everyone some people have to die eventually our growth lead to a massive collapse because we're not being uh, privative enough and thereby our or non-privation leads to an absolute privation. Um, so I think that there's, there's something interestingly opposite going on there, but of course, Bataille in this kind of uh, radical eschatology, especially when you look at something like Nick Land's uh, version of Bataille, uh, you know, and last time we, we talked about Land, so it's only appropriate that, uh, that we we drag him back in. Always, um, always. <laughs> is, 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 is based on this idea that the world needs to become more like hell, right? And of course, Bataille doesn't speak a whole lot about hell specifically. But if, if we want to kind of go full circle and bring in what I was saying about this kind of Christian theological ordering and rationality versus something like Bataille's experiential acephalic um, uh, uh, materialism or or unstable third positionalism not third positionalism but the third position in different different sense um in the kind of deconstructive sense we we find ourselves looking at 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 a type of of social order that is preoccupied with with making things that make sense like renewable energies and things like that and one that escapes into the apocalypse Uh, into something that is not anything that we would ever sensibly want but something that we want nonetheless as again like you said the sacrifice of the whole world is of course the most ecstatic uh, uh, motion towards imminence that you could possibly make
1: and I just it's it's funny because um since we are (laughs) since we are dragging land back into it um Mm. if you read Mao as a guy if you read him as a guy. He, he makes more sense. Everything Mao did makes more sense from a Bataille. Like if you if you just pretended that he, he was lying about being a Marxist, that was just PR, when actually like he was a, um, a Batailleist, like everything he did makes more sense. He literally would depict himself as a sun god. Uh, right. You know, he, like he presided over arguably the biggest human sacrifice in human history. Um, right, right. You know, all, all of this, like, what could be more imminent than the Cultural Revolution? Um, <laughs> and, you know, dragging people out and, and um, you know, publicly humiliating them uh, or, or executing them, right? Or being part of this, these masses of Red Guards and this sort of thing. It makes so much more sense. A Bataille reading of, of, uh, of China of modern China makes so much more sense than, than a Marxist reading of it and certainly more sense than any like liberal or classical economic reading of it. And it makes right. me wonder like now that like China is obsessed with all of these huge um, these huge projects, right? Like, like Belt and Road and building, you know, dams that are so big that they actually cause earthquakes and and, and this sort of thing. And just being this like um, this mega economy. Right. Or, or building, you know, building ghost towns and this sort of thing. It, it, it seems it makes more sense as um as expenditure like it like instead of you know instead of the soviet union building up a bunch of missiles for war um china's just skipped that and it's like it's just kind of like declared war on 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 the world economy or something instead of competing right. with the u.s with your weapons it's it's competing by just building um ghost cities and, and and giant uh railways and this sort of thing
0: yeah i i mean the the thing that's that's so amazing about Bataille is that he seems to be in his all of his you know poetical agonies and and kind of phantasmagoric way of, of describing things ultimately always pretty fucking prescient right mm-hmm. and so in the sense that Mao makes more sense as a battalion than than as a marxist kind of makes sense because all bataille is doing is 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 developing a more uh uh Bizarre and extended form of post-Marxism, right? In a lot of ways, that could be anarchic mm-hmm. or it could be otherwise. A lot of people have accused him of of uh, uh, of producing a type of thought that's uh, you know friendly towards Stalinism, uh, which I don't necessarily see. But uh, but but all of all of Bataille's kind of critiques and theorizations of of the world are not—they're prescriptive only in the sense that. That when something is described and described accurately, it leads to prescription just by knowing your way around the world, right? And so by, by just explaining the way that these economies uh, actually work through general economy, he kind of describes the, the mutations that something like Marxism or capitalism will ultimately take outside if, of something like Marxist, Marxist analysis.
1: Well, if I remember correctly, Bataille sees Stalin as kind of like a sun god figure. Um, mm. I know a lot of people have criticized him and made fun of him for this. And I guess what right. I was saying when I was trying to th- thread Land into this, I guess what I was saying is like, I think maybe the reason why Land is a Sinophile is that he sort of looks at, at Mao or, and if not Mao, maybe, or just China in general, um, the Chinese Communist Party, He maybe he sees in them the, the virulent nihilism that he saw in Bataille, right? Or he, he sees, right. he sees um, the CCP kind of the way that uh, um, Bataille saw Stalinism, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the boiling up of the subject into pure production that, that, that escapes utility in, in a certain way. I mean, of course, dams and roads and whatnot have their utility, but, but when they're taken to a certain degree, they become kind of parodies of themselves and become a type of extension towards waste. Right, the
1: the ghost cities. It's and it's funny. Uh, yeah, it's funny because the conspiracy theory that I always hear is that you know if you if you are a um, a, a conspiracy connoisseur like myself, uh, the <laughs> conspiracy theory you hear is like the reason why China is building these ghost cities is because after they depopulate the planet, like that's where the elite, everyone's going to go live in in China. The like, you know, the, the elite will all go live in those ghost cities. That's who the, those cities are being built for, right? Everybody who gets behind the whatever Chinese world domination thing. And it's funny because it's like, oh, you've you've found a, a rational um, classical economy explanation for what's actually probably a deeply irrational um, uh, e- expenditure of of general economy waste.
0: Right, right. I mean, that the, the rational in, and the irrational uh, are ultimately. Parodical of one another, right? They they leak into one another, and one becomes the other. Especially inside of something like Bataille's framework, where everything is a radical heterogeneity. But by being a radical heterogeneity, um, everything becomes very similar to everything else. In the sense that everything simply becomes a type of uh, slight deviation of everything else. Uh, when everything is absolutely different, things have a certain tendency to flatten. It's 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 like. It's like entropy; everything leading to chaos, but also flattening in, in thermodynamic terms, mm. right? Uh, being made more and more unavailable by becoming more and more chaotic. Um, maybe, may, may, maybe I've I, I skeptical thoughts uh, in communicating that, but um, goo, yes. <laughs> goo
1: world, goo world osmosis would that be a, a fair summary?
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, just the the the, the landean approach here is that. Um, by by leading us to a point where we have this techno-capital singularity, we can finally reach a type of of imminence with with the noumenal world, right? Because the computers will know exactly what experience is. They'll experience noumena rather than phenomena because they actually don't have a kind of consciousness. Um, And so it becomes a pure, non-experiential experience, which is ultimately kind of what Bataille wants and where these this kind of virulent nihilism uh, leads in all directions.
1: Um, so yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I feel so deeply blackpilled. Um <laughs> Dorian, who do you want to give a shout out to? Where can people find uh, you? What are you working on?
0: I, uh, I'm i actually working on a talk that I'm going to give for a committee at uh, UCU uh, Utrecht um, on 420. Um, on the tie. Yeah, so so I'll I'll hopefully be able to have that recorded and maybe be able to uh, put up links for that. I'm not sure exactly what the committee wants to do with it in terms of privacy, but hopefully I'll make that available for people. Um, otherwise, uh, check out my I have I have a writing and theory workshop where we uh, we learn and explore all this types of uh, stuff um, all the time. Uh, that's at Patreon.com/slash truncata, T R U N C a t a see i still know how to spell after my brain's been evaporated by this this episode um and uh, lastly check out my horrifying podcast uh which i'm really the co-host i shouldn't call it mine uh benzo rehab dungeon which is everywhere that you can listen to your beautiful beautiful people talking
1: all right and you you're gonna make some stoner jokes right when when you do your well, i have to i don't have a choice i mean it would just be and what And you know what what is the what is the useless expenditure that is most popular in our glorious golden homeland if not weed
0: (laughs) it's true it's absolutely true
1: all right dorian thank you so much uh for stopping by um and how about just on the count of three we both say batai guys beautiful one two three batai guys